Oh, hi. Welcome to episode three of the Original Experience podcast. If you do not know, I am your host and my name is Kelsey Ruff. Team, on the docket this week, we're going to be discussing hot takes and controversial opinions when it comes to pop culture, social media, things of that nature. And I'm going to give, like I said, mine and then some of them of the ones that you guys have sent me over on Instagram. But before we get started, before I can utter another vowel, another consonant, we must discuss Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Sunday, her jet lands in Kansas. Precious. Her reactions to him coming out of the tunnel, him getting injured, his, you know, record-breaking whatever it was, and I know the football boilies are going to get on my ass about that, but I simply cannot think about that when I have to talk about the pictures of her arm around him, and then Monday, the picture of her kissing his cheek. She is kissing his cheek. When Brooke sent that to me, I said, is this real? Is this photoshopped? Because I was in shambles, screeching. I sound like a pterodactyl, if you will. Uh, I immediately was like, I've got to fire up the mic. But I know that not everybody likes her. So if you guys think I should do a separate podcast next week on Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey and things that he has said that shows that he's been paying attention to her interviews in the past and why the Swifties are down bad for this, please let me know. I have a whole lot of opinions and there are a whole lot of things that date back to years ago that really solidify why this is special. So if you're looking for a special edition uh, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey episode, send me a little DM on Facebook or Instagram and let me know. But I am going to use this opportunity talking about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey to lead me in to one of the first um, hot takes that I have when it comes to social media. And that is, one of you sent me that Facebook should really have a I don't care or like nobody cares about this reaction. And I must let you know that there's two sides to that coin. One, the first time I post about Taylor Swift and somebody gives me a I do not care reaction, blocked, goodbye. You are the weakest link, goodbye. Like, Pull the lever, cronk. Like, they have to go. I am not dealing with any Taylor Swift slander on my social media. I'm not doing it. But, at the same time, I'd love to give the girlies and the guys, the everyone who shares that Taylor Swift could be performing in my bathroom and I just would not go, I would hit them with that immediately. Like, nobody cares if you would not go see Taylor Swift in your bathroom. So, I do agree with that. To a certain extent, but there will be repercussions for your actions. You're getting kicked out of the team meeting. You're getting a white box. You're getting white boxed if you tell me you do not care about Taylor Swift. But on a real note, I know not everybody does, but I just simply cannot agree. The reason that my team member sent me this about the Facebook reactions is because my biggest pet peeve and what really chaps my ass about Facebook is why is the haha reaction so close to the care reaction? Because I have almost laughed at many a dead grandparent trying to show care. Like, why is that in the formation that way? Can we not simply switch that up, Mark? Like, can you, do you not have the ability to switch up which reactions are where? Because that is humiliating. 
And I know that so many of you have probably done this too, where you're trying to react to a comment or a status. And instead of doing that, you uh, show you're angry. And you're not even angry about it. Like, it was an accident. And then somebody comments back because you don't realize you've done it. And they're like, what are you mad about, Kelsey? Well, nothing. But now I'm embarrassed. Now I'm embarrassed. So, yes, Facebook needs to revamp their reactions. I need you to add a I don't care reaction. And then I need you to switch up the formation. But please do not put the... I do not care reaction close to the caring reaction or we will be back in the same boat and then you're going to think I don't care about your dearly departed grandparent when I truly do and I want to show you that I care. That would be the first thing that really bothers me. Continuing on with social media, somebody sent, another team member sent that you should be able to see who is sending your stories. And at first, I was like, absolutely freaking not, because I am guilty. You hear me? I'm guilty of sending things. But all I'd have to do is just send a little screen, take a little screenshot, and then it'd be okay. So there are ways around it. But I would like to see, because there is nothing more bamboozling than to be on your Instagram. You look at your insights, and your post has been shared five times. Okay, well, one time is me sharing it to my story. The other one is my mama or my friends sharing it to their stories. So who is the other ones and what are you saying? Because I'm very meticulous about what I post. So are you making fun of me? Because a bitch is bad in these pictures that I post. So what are you making fun of? I must, I must know. So if you sent that one and you know who you are, I know the girlies are sending your stuff around. So I would also be curious to know what are they saying? What are they doing? And if Instagram ever gets the feature like TikTok where it says who's looked at your profile for the next 30 days, I got to find another source of income because I do not know if I can be on Instagram anymore. I love a good little search. Like, oh, what are they up to? What are they doing? And I just, I will not be able to do that anymore if there was that feature. But you should be able to see who's sending your stories because then I've got questions, girly. What you doing? Do you see something you like? I need to know what's going on there. Moving on from social media. Wait, no, I lied. I'm a liar. Another thing that really chaps my ass is we are all on this same app. We are all on Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook. And if I scroll on, I get on Facebook, and the first thing I see is a viral status that somebody has posted. Has 200,000 likes and umpteen million shares. And I'm like, oh, haha, that's really funny. And then I'm doing a brisk midday scroll of the social media. And then I see you have typed that out. Absolutely not. We are all on this app. We all see it. So do not do that. Do not do that. Do not try to make a viral post of your own stealing somebody else's stuff. Absolutely not. We've all seen it. Just share it. Just share it and get the ha-has from that. That's what I do. That's what most of us do. But I cannot take you seriously as a Facebook comedian if you're typing out viral statuses. Absolutely not. No, thank you. No, thank you. You cannot post something that is viral and act like we ain't seen it. And some of you do it more than once. I've seen it. So we need to discuss that. We That is a crisis that is affecting our country the stealing uh, viral statuses. That is a problem. 
I do believe now we are done with Facebook. Moving on with things that really chat my ass. This is the most, I think, controversial opinion I have. And some of you on Instagram really let me know that you thought I was wrong. But then those of you who agree with me, I think you get my point of view here. Everyone, please take a deep breath for this. I, I need to make sure you're ready. The opinion that I have that I need to share is it comes to the TV show Friends. If you've not seen it, I really feel like this should not be a spoiler. The show's been out for, damn, I don't know, like 20-something years, maybe. And that is, Ross Geller did not deserve Rachel. Ross should not have ended up with Rachel. Rachel needed to be with Joey. And I know what you're thinking. No, he's her lobster. They deserve to be together. Hear me out. Rachel was Ross's dream girl. She was an unattainable goal for him. I think he loved the idea of Rachel, the popular girl from high school who he had a lifelong crush on. She was just like this enigma. This is something that he never thought he could have. Joey genuinely, I feel like, loved Rachel. Like, the episode where they're, like, snuggling and they're watching that scary movie and he's like, you know, like, I've got you. And just, like, his genuine feelings for her. Like, he loved Rachel. He didn't care about, you know, her job and how she may be talking to other guys like Ross did. And he just genuinely cared about her and her interests. Like, there's that whole storyline where he figures out that she's, the book she's reading, he's like, you're reading porn. But he reads it. And I don't think Ross would have ever done that. I think Ross would have seen the book as competition and not as a teammate. And that's exactly what I think Joey would have done with that. Did they ever get that far in their relationship? No. Which I think was a bad call. It would have provided an extra storyline because Ross was only upset about it for like a few episodes and then it was over and Rachel was, you know, single and then Joey was single. And then, I mean, that was that they were back to being friends. But I just genuinely feel like Joey was the better option for Rachel. Like, you see them, like, fall in love, like, friends to lovers. I think that's a beautiful trope. Not as good as enemies to lovers, though. hi -oh! But it would have been so good just to see their story develop and see Joey turn into, like, the perfect partner for Rachel other than Ross. Ross is whiny. One of my least favorite episodes is when he wins that award and Rachel is so focused and wanting to look the best for him because she knows that he is going to be presented with this award and she's on his arm. So her appearance, while appearances do matter to Rachel, she was very concerned on looking her best and Ross was just being such a dick about it. And he just didn't appreciate or see where she was coming from that her appearance mattered because she wanted to look good for him and look good for him in front of his colleagues. It was so important to her that that was a thing and he just completely didn't care. Ross is my least favorite character on Friends. This is part of the reason and he just he didn't deserve her and I've been very vocal about this and a lot of you guys on social media it's a very mixed bag. Either you agree with me and you're like absolutely like Joey and Rachel deserve to be together or you're like absolutely not and that's fine. That is a controversial opinion but I need to know why you think Ross deserved Rachel. Hello, the copy paper girl. And don't say they were on a break because that does not count. That does not count. Like, if me and you are in a committed relationship and I'm like, oh, we need to take some space. And you screw somebody that night. But then you're like, you're the love of my life. I need to be with you. Well, was I the love of your life when you were banging copy paper girl? Mm, I've got questions. In that episode, Rachel says, you know, I thought you were someone who would never, ever hurt me. And now I can't even look at you. And that is... 
I don't know. I think that's really imprinted on my head and my heart. And I just cannot see her and Ross being together forever. I don't. And I'm glad this show ended how it did, I guess. And you don't have to see them going back and forth for another 18 seasons. But no, Ross is not a good guy in my opinion. Now, flipping the coin. When it comes to good men on TV... Like I said, I asked for some of my Instagram followers, their opinions, some like hot takes, hot opinions you have. And another one sent from a team member is Nathan Scott is the superior Scott brother. And I stand 10 toes behind that. My sister Allie, her and I are some of the biggest One Tree Hill fans I've ever met. If you know my sister, then you know how important this show is to her because you know her children. I'm not going to, like, blast them on this podcast. But if you know, you know. And so, one day, me and Allie are going to sit down together and we are going to talk about One Tree Hill from the Drama Queens podcast to the character of Peyton, Brooke. But we have to discuss this week that Nathan Scott is a superior Scott brother. Lucas sucks. I put a poll on my Instagram a few weeks ago, maybe about a month ago asking who everyone, like, who their pick was. Were you a Lucas or Nathan girl? And if you were Lucas, respectfully, I do believe you are wrong. Like, the character development in Nathan is astounding. It is to see him in the first few episodes of season one and just be this selfish jerk who is such a dick to everyone and then to see how he interacts with Haley. And how that changes throughout the seasons to become not just an all-star husband, but an all-star father. And I think knowing what he went through growing up with Dan molded him into the father he is to Jamie and then eventually their daughter in season eight. Meanwhile, Lucas is just very Lucas, Lucas, Lucas and what he wants. And where I think the show started off with him being selfless and Nathan being selfish, I think it really flipped. And that's just the truth of the situation. Nathan was going to give up basketball because of his, well, his back was injured, but he was going to give that kidney to Clay. And Lucas was damn near about to kill himself because he didn't want to take his heart medication so he could play better. Like, were you really going to do that to your mother? who has sacrificed everything for you. And I know he was a teenager and Nathan was an adult in these circumstances and you mature over time. But the biggest thing that I can think of that shows just how awful Lucas is, is even taking away the Brooke Payton cheating issues in the flashbacks. We see that he proposes to Peyton out of nowhere. They've been doing long distance for, I guess, maybe a year, two years. I can't remember the specifics of the situation. But he proposes, and when she's like, hey, like, I don't think we're ready for this, which which is a mature response, saying, hey, like, I don't think that we're ready for marriage. Eventually, I think we'll get there. But at this point, he's on one part of the U.S., and she's on the other. And he break, like he breaks up with her. And that becomes a point of contention in future episodes, is he's like, by saying no, you gave up on us. And she's like, I didn't say no. I said not right now. And that's because he didn't get what he wanted. And keep in mind, they're like, what? Like, 
1920, maybe at this point, and he just wanted to be like a Naley. He wanted to be like Nathan and Haley and have this like family dynamic when that's not how this really works. I feel like, and the show is, takes place in North Carolina, and something I feel so strongly about, and I will touch on this in another podcast, but in the South, I feel like it is so integrated in our heads at a young age, especially for girls, is that the end goal is marriage and a family as soon as possible. And some people choose that path, and there's nothing wrong with finding your person and settling down at a young age, but that's not the best course of action for everyone. And I don't want to speak too heavily on my experiences, but I almost made the wrong choice because I was so focused on getting married immediately. My parents got married young. My friends have gotten married young, and that's worked out for them, and that is beautiful. And I do not want this to come across as I'm condemning people who have chosen that path. Absolutely not. But there is more to life than settling down with someone who you kind of love, you kind of like, for the sake of being married. And once you're married, Like, the only way out is divorce, which costs a shit ton of money that I don't have. And then sometimes there's children involved. And I don't know what my life would look like if I would have gotten married. And I think Peyton was thinking about that when Lucas wasn't. Where she's supposed to quit her job in the music industry where she's building a reputation to move where Haley and Nathan are with Lucas... Or was Lucas going to quit his job as the basketball coach to move to L.A.? Like, I just feel like there weren't conversations had. And if he would have had these conversations, he would have known she was going to say no. But I do feel like he ambushed her in that situation. And then immediately after she says no, he goes to New York to see Brooke and then proposes like in a drunken stupor. Like, how many times was he going to propose with that damn ring? Because I know it's been at least three. Peyton, he flies to Brooke, who is not a poor man's Peyton. Brooke, what is underneath the clothes, Brooke Davis? Brooke Davis is a powerhouse and did not deserve to be a second choice. So he proposed to Peyton, proposed to Brooke, proposed to Lindsay, and then proposed to Peyton again when she was like, hey, like, I really, like, I want Karen's ring. Lucas Scott is a problem. And I saw a TikTok where it said that Lucas grew up to be Dan adjacent, where Nathan grew up to be Keith adjacent. And I agree with that. Like, Lucas had such a problem with Dan, and in this same TikTok, and I really wish I could think of the creator's name so I could give her credit for this, because it's a beautiful idea. Dan never lied about who he was. And I don't want to get too deep into this because me and Allie are going to talk about it. But he could not have been more clear he did not want Lucas. And that does not take blame off any of the shitty things that Dan Scott does and how shitty of a parent Dan Scott was to both boys. But Lucas, like you, you have to be a willing participant in your own rescue. And I feel like Lucas, he was written poorly sometimes and his character arc was just very confusing. I say all that to say... I agree with Nathan Scott was the best Scott brother. Now that I have regained composure when it comes to all of this, I kind of went off on a tangent there about that, but I just feel so strongly about One Tree Hill that um, we can move on to the next 
hot take. And that was, this is mine. I think Bucky's is a cult. I think Bucky's is a cult. And let me say, very fond of that. Is he a squirrel? No, he's a beaver. My deepest and sincerest apologies to the beaver community for thinking Bucky was a squirrel. Very fond of his work. But I went there for the first time when we went to the beach last month. We went twice. I went on the way there, on the way back. And walking in was a culture shock. I felt like I needed to take a deep breath. And no one prepared me for the magnitude of the situation. You walk in. There's drinks and like regular gas station food on one side. In the middle is the... Um, the brisket table where they've got different types of barbecue and the candied nuts. And then there's a jerky station and a pastry station. And then there's all the apparel. And then there is all of like the other, like it looks like, and Sydney said this the other day, Sydney's my sister. And this is so true. She said, Bucky's is like if a QT and a Cracker Barrel had a baby. And I was like, girl, that's right. Because it is giving Cracker Barrel. With some of the stuff they have in there. But it is also giving a QT. And it kind of reminds me of an airport with all the lines. Of like, okay, you go this way, you go that way. And then the bathroom situation. Did you know that somebody's job at Bucky's is to stay in the bathrooms all day and clean them? That is their job. That is all they do is they clean the bathroom at Bucky's. And they get paid mad money for it. And I believe it because the bathrooms look so good. Like you walk in and you're herded in there like cattle. That is another reason I do believe it may be a cult. Because they just, the way they finesse you into this, these bathrooms. And they're lined ceiling to floor doors, which I can't appreciate because, like, nobody's, like, sticking their head underneath to, like, see if you're in there. And you don't have to worry about the toilet paper situation because the nice cleaning attendant is there and they're stocking the shelves. So, you use the bathroom and then the middle's the hand washing station. But I was just blown away because there's, like, hundreds of people in there going in and out, in and out, in and out. And when we went the second time, we got to meet the Supreme Leader Bucky in the flesh. And we did get a picture of that. But I was like, I do believe this is a cult. And I think I'm going to be in here for the rest of my life. Like, is it every time I walk to the exit, like, something's going to miss, like, I'm going to get be misdirected into the next area? Like, oh, you think you're checking out, here's some candied pecans. Oh, you think you're checking out? Have you seen our coffee station with all these different creamers? Okay, I'm going to go check out for real. Have you seen the Bucky's t-shirts? Like, I do believe there's something in the water there. And I did drink the Bucky's Kool-Aid. And I get it, but I was like, this is literal insanity. It is insanity what is going on inside the Bucky's. And I did have some questions about that. And everybody was like, no, it's not a cult. Bucky's is a cult. Bucky's is a cult, and I get it. I get it. I truly do. And I do think we're getting one in, like, close to the Anderson area, if you're familiar with where I live. But I don't know if I can go for, like, the first five years it's open because it's going to be quite the hot commodity, if I do say so myself. It's going to be massive. It's going to be the coolest thing that's ever happened to these towns and the surrounding towns. Because right now, you got to go two hours, three hours away to get to Bucky's. But if it's only in Anderson, 
I don't know. I could see myself working out of Bucky's. I would like to be um, one of the candied nut girlies. I don't think I have the um, vibrato to be the uh, beef jerky person or the brisket person because they have this thing that they yell and I think it's like brisket on the block or something like that. But I'm not a seasoned Bucky participant. I just simply cannot be sure on the exact verbiage. If any of the loyal Bucky fans can tell me what the correct verbiage is, um, I will repeat this next week for the pod. Um, I will even start it off that way. The correct Bucky's verbiage. But if you know it, you're a cult member. You're in the Bucky's cult, and I do stand by that if you know what the brisket people are yelling. And I do not fault you for it. I bought a Bucky shirt. I lost it. But I bought one. You just rank higher in the cult than I do. And that's okay. That's fine. But that's how it goes. Something else that we need to discuss this week. When it comes to hot takes and hot opinions. That someone sent to me. God, I don't even want to say it. But it's true. I was sent that Rory Gilmore is the worst character on Gilmore Girls. Ah! Oh! But I, oh my god, I'm going to whisper it. I think I agree. I do think that Rory Gilmore might be the worst character on Gilmore Girls. That and her daddy. Chris, Chris is actually the worst character on Gilmore Girls, but... Rory is just as bad, and I am not talking about it in much detail because I will be having a Gilmore Girl episode because that is one of my favorite TV shows of all time, but but when it comes to hot takes, Rory does tend to be awful. Like, do not even get me started on the Dean and Lindsay of it all. Because I think everyone has been a Lindsay, even if you're not married, you've been in a relationship where you've been the Lindsay. And Rory did not have to do her that way. I don't know. I think she has some issues of maybe peaking in high school and then not knowing what to do when she gets into a bigger league. I think it really fits the situation of she was a little... What is it? Big fish in little pond. And then she was a big fish in a big pond. I really don't know how that saying goes. But at Stars Hollow, she was the best of the best. Okay? She goes to Chilton. A medium-sized pond, but she still blows everybody out the water. And then she goes to Yale. And, girly, everybody's good at Yale. Everybody's good at Yale. And I think it kind of goes downhill from there. Which brings up... We're on the trajectory of my next hot take, which is Jess was Rory's best boyfriend. If you know me, you know this is a hill that I will gladly die on. But I don't think I'm going to die on it because I think I'm going to turn everyone with me. Jess was the best. And when I talk about Yale, you know where I'm going. One of my favorite episodes of Gilmore Girls is where he comes back and they are talking outside of a bar and he's like, who are you? Like, what? what's going on with you? And she's like, nothing. And he's like, this isn't you Li- living with your grandparents' house, dr- being in the DAR, dropping out of Yale. Why did you drop out of Yale? And she's like, it's complicated. And he's like, it's not. It's not complicated. You know, you're going out with this guy with a Porsche. Like, we made fun of guys like that. And it's so true. Like, that, you're mad at your mom. 
Because you dropped out of Yale and she didn't think that was the best choice. Your mom is correct. You're living with your grandparents where there's a complicated history there. You're in the DAR. Like, what's going on with you? And one of the reasons I think Jess is the prime boyfriend, and this is a spoiler alert, is that she drops out of Yale. He asks her that. Which I really like. One like on this podcast and I will get a Jess tattoo from Gilmore Girls. Send me proof. But he says that to her in that next episode she decides to go back to Yale coincidence I think not in the year in a life which is like the sequel kind of thing they did a few years ago Rory sucks she doesn't have a job like things are no good and I can say that because I sympathize with her I guess in the situation her relationship no good she and Rory is participating in a relationship that I is not good for her and Jess comes to visit. She's like, I could have been a contender. And he's like, you still are. He's like, write a book. He's like, write about growing up with your mom. And then what does she do? She writes a book. Like, come on. Come on. And he was always so supportive of her wanting to go to Yale. He yahooed it. He got that she read books. You tell me that you can watch Gilmore Girls and watch the part where he gives her back her book and he's putting notes in the margins. And, she, and then she says that thing about, okay, Dodger. And he's like, what? She's like, figure it out. And he turns around and he says, Oliver Twist. What? What? That is why I would literally sacrifice a goat in order to be with him. Even, even his real counterpart, and I can't pronounce his last name, so please don't make me say it and embarrass myself, but Milo, Milo V, we'll call him Milo V because I cannot pronounce his last name, and I just cannot be embarrassed on my on, on podcast. I do not stand for that, but he, yeah, I would do anything to be with him, in a, so you know what I mean, but yes, Jess is Rory's best boyfriend. If you say Logan, I'll let it slide a little bit. A little bit. Dean's the worst. The ranking goes Jess, Logan, Dean. And if you say that Dean is Rory's best boyfriend, you're blocked. Blocked. You are excommunicated from the team meeting. Again, you will be receiving a white box. You've, you've got to go. You've got to go. Because Dean is the worst. He is so awful. And if you don't think so, well, I hope your significant other doesn't do to you what Dean did to Lindsay. And that's all I have to say about that. Moving forward. Another thing that truly fascinates me slash grinds my gears, chaps my ass, is the tarot card girlies on TikTok. Is that real? No, seriously, is that real? Because they keep saying the love of my life is returning to me if, if I interact or I use this sound. And listen, baby, I am mentally ill. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to believe you every time. But it's really, it's. I feel like I'm being chastised by the tarot card community on TikTok. But I just need to know, do you guys think they're real? Because I have reason to believe it's not. Because listen, I... I low-key be, like, making TikToks with those audios that sit in my drafts. Or I like their videos. But then, like, nothing happens. I have not come into a large sum of money. And I have not met the love of my life. I have a list of celebrities I would like for it to be. And I have not met any of them. And honestly, no, you know, 
man has walked into the salon that's made me be like, it's him. The tarot card girlies were correct. But they lead me to believe they are. So I just need um, a general consensus from the team of what do you think is going on with the TikTok girlies? Like, do you think they're just like, like, oh, like this bitch is sad. Like if we tell her that true love is imminent, she's going to eat this shit up. Because I do fear I do. But I just need to get y'all's opinion on that. Like, what do you think is going on? Like, do you think the TikTok girlies, are they real? Because I, I simply do not believe that to be true at this point. But I think I have to share it because what if something bad happens? Because, like, okay, like, I'm not going to take credit for this because ergo, one of my points earlier. But have y'all seen that thing where it's like, I think the reason my life is how it is because I didn't share that chain message a few years ago. Like, I genuinely might think that. But I'm also, like on paper mentally ill so can I just get someone who may not be as messed up as me to give me their opinion on that like do we think the tarot card girlies are right or do we think it's a mixed bag I personally think it may be a mixed bag like I think some of them may be legit and then some of them are just playing on my emotions that's what I think is that's that's what I think it may be I do think that might be it for sure um because once you interact with one, TikTok's like, up, oh, here we go, here we go, we've got another one, we've got another one. So, yeah, I mean, like, I just have strong feelings about this. I feel like they're preying on me. I feel like they've singled me out, like, up, oh, here's this girly. She's liked the same TikTok about Jess and Rory 40 times today. Let's tell her the love of their, her life is on the way. And that's just not true. That's just not true. I mean, maybe it is, but it's not like it's not because of the tarot card girlies. I think they're I think they're playing around. I think they're messing with my feelings, and that gets you kicked out of the team meeting, and that gets you a white box playing with my emotions. I do not like it. I do not like it one bit. Speaking of things that I do not like, continuing on with the trend is that going back to Taylor Swift. You thought I was only going to talk about her once today. You were wrong. Why is it that we can't enjoy this? The whole football of it all. Where people are like, oh, you're only watching it because Taylor Swift. Okay. What is the difference? And this is something that me and Sydney are going to talk about. And I also want to talk about with another guest. But I just, I cannot hold it in today. What is the difference between girls or anyone for that matter? What is different between anyone dressing up for a Taylor Swift concert and, like, you know, putting pearls on their faces, dressing up as their favorite era? What is the difference between that and crying and being excited about that versus men painting their faces and wearing jerseys of men they've never met and going to a baseball game, a football game, a basketball game? Can someone explain to me the difference between that? Because in my opinion, and in my view, it's giving misogyny. Because why is it so wrong for women to be excited about One Direction, Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber? And I don't have the Bieber fever, so I feel like I can confidently say that. Versus these men who are like, I could never. Or like making fun of women for doing this. When you have a fantasy league. Like you have a fantasy league of teams and that you play religiously, and you wear these jerseys of these men, and you go to these games, but God forbid the girlies dress up, or anyone dresses up and goes to a Taylor Swift movie. What is the difference? 
Is it because we've never met her? Well, you've never met this player. And is it because Taylor Swift writes songs for girls? Because I guarantee you, if you sat down and listened to her music, I think you would be able to identify with something. Especially in the Midnight's 3 a.m. version. When she talks about, you know, bigger than the whole sky. And this is going to be a trigger warning for um, infant loss, um, child loss, or anything of that nature. Like, if you need to skip the rest of this podcast, like, please protect your heart. I love you very much. Continuing on with that. I don't know what her intentions were with that song. If she was talking about a relationship. But I think that it's so beautiful in terms of think of, like, something that you've lost, like, with a child. Like, I think that's something that you can relate to music-wise. Continue on with something heavy, and this will be a trigger warning for maybe age gap relationships. S.A. Please, you know, like, take a moment and think about what that means with woulda, coulda, shoulda. Like, are you, are you serious? Like, there's just so, I feel like her music is so relatable for everyone, where it's, it may not be two people tackling each other to the ground and for touchdowns, safeties, conversions, scoring your hoops things of that nature I just think that we there's so much to be appreciated for and if you don't like her like I get it she's not for everyone I just can't seem to wrap my brain around that it's okay for a group of people to be excited about a sports game but somewhere down the road it's not okay for a group of people to be excited and express that excitement for a concert or a movie of that concert. And I think this also goes to show with Beyonce, who has done record-breaking tour, just like Taylor with her Renaissance tour. People are dressing up. People are excited. They have their chance. Like for Taylor Swift, it's one, two, three, let's go, bitch. Or doing the during um, You Belong With Me. Beyonce says, you know, everybody on mute. And the whole stadium is supposed to go silent, but you have your few people who like scream. But they're doing that, and they're wearing silver because she asked, just like Taylor's talking about the friendship bracelets. And she's coming out with a movie as well, and Taylor will support her how Beyonce has supported Taylor. So why is it wrong for a groups of people to be excited about Taylor and Beyonce? It's not okay. It's not okay for people to be excited about Taylor and Beyonce, but it's okay for you to be excited about your sports team. That's just something that completely like bamboozles me. It baffles me. And I think I'm going, we're going to, we're going to unpack that in another later episode because I just feel so strongly about it. Like I'm not like, ha ha laughing, ha ha laugh funny because I do feel like it's, it's a problem and I truly don't understand it. And, but it's just, I don't know. It literally, it blows my mind that this is, this is something that like is an issue. Before we wrap up today, there are a few things, a few special shout outs that I want to give. One, um, this past weekend, I went to the grand opening of a local bakery in my area. If you're from the area that I live in, you know where I'm going with this. I want to give a special shout out and a happy grand official opening to the bakery Sissy Sweets owned by my friend Miranda. If you are a lover of sweets, desserts, cake, muffins, homemade Pop-Tarts, cupcakes, cake sickles, which are so much cooler than cake pops, by the way. Um, or if you even love the Jonas Brothers, 
please stop by Sissy Sweets and go tell my friend Miranda hello. What sets Sissy Sweets apart from any other bakery or dessert shop in our area is their secret ingredient is hiring friends with different abilities. Um, they have the sweetest staff who are so um, helpful in helping you pick out what treats you want. But Sissy Sweets is open in honor of Miranda's sister, Erica, who sadly passed away a few years ago. And their dream was to always open a cupcake shop together. And Miranda's done that in her honor. And if there's anything in this world, oh my God, I'm going to cry, that I love is my, oh, here we go. Sorry, I just had to edit out a mental breakdown. But if there's anything I love in this world is my sisters. My sisters mean everything to me. And I couldn't imagine going through what my friend has gone through, what Miranda has gone through and losing her sister. So, um, if you love sweet treats or you know someone in your life who does, please stop by CC Sweets and um, get you something. My current favorite is the mini sandwich cookie, cookie sandwiches. Um, her mom picked one out because I didn't care. I was like, oh, just surprise me. It was probably my favorite thing on the menu. Um, Sydney loves the Nutella twist, so please um, check that out. Also, if you are in the area, please continue listening to the Piedmont Pick'em Show podcast. Um those guys have taught me almost everything I know about podcasting at this point. So if you are into sports, please listen to it. Um, if not, just support them anyway, because hello, they've taught me a lot about podcasting and a lot about football. So I'm not embarrassing myself on these streets anymore. So I can be a Swifty and a fan. Um, please listen to that. Jen and Jamie are incredible people. And also, before we finish out, um, in the area that I live, there was a People's Choice Awards where you were nominated by the people. And it was brought to my attention that the original experience was nominated for Best Podcast. Um, thank you so much for doing that. I know that this is only our third episode, but the fact that you guys um, believe in me and believe in this podcast so much that you're sharing it. Um, to your friends, your family, you're tagging me in things that we've talked about in episodes like Brett Michaels or people like not taking their animals to the vet or not taking their kids to the doctor and just sharing those things with me and that we've already built such a community. I love that and I love that you guys um, are loving this podcast as much as I'm loving doing it. So with that being said, thank you. That is an honor to be nominated. The Piedmont Pick'em guys, they were also in that category. And like I said, they are so deserving of that. They've taught me everything I've known about podcasting, like I said. But with that being said, this brings our time to an end today. Thank you for carrying on with my rants. Uh, please let me know what you guys will want to talk about next week. If you'd like a separate Taylor Swift episode, I'm happy to do it. Um, make sure that you rate this podcast five stars. Leave any comments or feedbacks that you have, and I'd be happy to add it. Follow the original experience on Instagram so we can keep these good vibes going, and that would be it. I love you guys. Say it back.